Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, psychological health, physical health, emotional health, awareness in men and society. First, it started with MAN, the acronym for Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you again. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? And can you introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Hi again, Andy. Um, my name is Amani and I am a nutritional therapist and I'm based in London. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we just to let listeners know, we kind of did this yesterday and um, it kind of went pear-shaped for me in a sense of things. So <laughs> I've had, you know, I've, uh, you know, I was literally on my, you know, I was literally on my knees um, begging Amani to come back on and she she accepted she accepted so thank you Imani for coming back on the show again to, no to have another chat so you're you're in London whereabouts in London yeah. are you so I at the moment because it's temporary yeah. I am actually in Soho so in the in, in the city centre so it's not too far from Covent Garden Piccadilly Circus uh, all these famous places um, so yeah that's where I'm staying at the moment yeah. Yeah. And so and Soho is is pretty I'm sure Soho is pretty famous as a famous part in London. Do you know much about the area that you you know do you, you know what what is it famous for do you, do you know? Well, to be honest with you, I don't know that much about Soho in particular. I know that you know during the summer you know, it's lively, there's loads of like bars and restaurants, so I tend to, you know, hang out over there, but I don't know much about the history, if this is what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm, I'm trying, I don't want to get things wrong, because I know that there's, there's, there's some stories behind Soho, and, and you know, there's a lot of, um, is it like quaint, is it quite, is it quite a few quaint, is it quite old school parts of Soho? Like older buildings? Absolutely. Listed yeah, buildings, yeah, yeah, I would say so, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're in Soho. So um, for you, um, in terms of living in in London, where have yeah. you lived before? And you know, are you from London? Are you from the UK? Where are you from? Well, as you can hear, <laughs> I'm definitely not from the UK. So yeah, I. Do you know what? Like I, I usually like what I. I call myself a citizen of the world, basically. So I, I, I grew up. So I was born and I grew up in Belgium. Uh, and um, after uni, I moved to Ireland, where I spent about seven years. And you probably spotted the Irish accents there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there you go. And um, I've been in London for about two years, so it's quite recent. Yeah, but I. I'm really enjoying it, yeah. Yeah, and what what is you know I haven't had anyone from Belgium on the show. I don't know, I haven't. What's Belgium like? Oh wow! I mean, it's a small country, obviously, uh, but it's 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 really really nice and super laid back. So I grew up in Brussels, which is the capital city. And uh, what I really enjoy about Brussels is that, you know, first of all, it's very international. You have the headquarters, like European institutions' headquarters in Brussels. So loads of international people. 
people, um, which is something that I really, really enjoy. I've always been interested in other cultures, uh, but it's also really, really chilled. So as in, there's loads of like festivals going on, you know, in the summer and people are usually laid back and quite creative as well. So it's an environment like Brussels in particular. I'm not going to talk about other cities in, in Belgium, but Brussels is a city that I really enjoyed uh, living in for 20 something years. So, and it's obviously very famous for beer, chocolate, waffles, <laughs> french fries. <laughs> Have you ever been to Belgium? No, I've been, I've actually been through Belgium because I traveled. We traveled on a, I was, I was part of a, I was, I was part of a football um, team um, in the, in, in England. And we, we took, yeah. we went through Belgium and a few different, um, went to Germany, Belgium, a few different countries yeah. on that journey. But I've, I've, I've never actually been there as a, you know, to, to mm-hmm. get out and about and see, see much of Belgium. Um, oh, okay. I've, I've heard it's quite, like you said, it's quite chilled out. And because we don't really hear much stories about Belgium in the, in the press. So, um, yeah, it seems, it seems that's like very a true. pretty chilled place. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's got a bit of a history. Um, there's a yeah. bit of history there, but we'll, we'll, we'll skip past that history. Um, kind of um colonial history thing so yeah um yeah. belgium and so you've grown up there you've lived there you've lived there all your life and yeah. how would mm-hmm. you how would you compare the belgium in comparison to say the the uk wow um well it's much much older first of all and i would say that also one big difference is that i well you know, I'm totally biased because I am from Belgium, <laughs> but um, I would say that it's, you know, much easier to, to connect with people, but it's probably because of, you know, the fact that it's such a small country compared to the UK. So um, I would say that, you know, um, you know, when I went to school, when I started, you know, doing extra curricular activities and things like that, it was just much easier to, to, to connect with people. I would say, though, when I think about the UK now that I've been living here for about two years, that when it comes to you know, like business opportunities, I think the UK is somehow much more advanced. Um, And, you know, I found myself like, seriously, like meeting the most amazing people, uh, you know, for my business and also like, you know, uh, now that I I consider them, um, you know, like really good friends. Um, So business opportunities, I would say, are much more, let's say, uh, important in uh, in the UK compared to Belgium, but then again, I only lived in Belgium for like uh, until I graduated from university. So maybe you know things are different these days. But I've been living abroad for so long now that I actually wouldn't know. Um, but I would, yeah, yeah. It's it's been I don't know like altogether when I think about it, it's about nine years that I've been living abroad. So yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. So you're. So you, how in terms of Belgium and UK and and your, what was life like for you growing up in Belgium? Yeah, um, do you know what I? I really enjoyed it. Um, however, I think so. It has nothing to do with the country itself. But I grew up really like wondering who I was. Um, I think my my biggest struggle growing up was, you know, my like some sort of identity crisis. I didn't really know who I was. Um, I grew up thinking that, you know, my, my job in life was to uh, to please people. You know, I used to be a people pleaser. And um, I, I don't know, like I've always enjoyed helping people. I think 
when I think about it right now, actually, I think deep down, I think I am a healer, uh, not in a mystical way or anything like that, but I'm, I'm just there. I think my purpose in life is to be there for other people. But, you know, from a very early age, I felt I took on this responsibility and I was like, no, I'm just going to be someone who's really, really uh, nice to be around. I'm going to cheer people up. I'm going to help them. And by doing that, unfortunately, I kind of forgot about, you know, who I was and what I, I, I wanted to do with my life. So my experience in Belgium was nice, but I would say that, you know, before, like, uh, before leaving, before I moved to, um, to Ireland, I had no idea who I was and what I wanted to do with my life. So, so, so let's just talk about your journey then from you, you know, gr- kind of growing up and that you just mentioned and then, you know, leaving Belgium, then going to Ireland and, yeah. and what's, what's happened on that journey? Yeah, I mean, um, so it was, <laughs> it was not really random, but at the same time, it was a little bit of a shock for my parents. So after uni, I started working for this company, um, pharmaceutical company I was a business analyst there and it, it, it was a, a very international company so I would hang out with, with my colleagues who were like from everywhere in the world and they were telling me about their experiences abroad and I was like wow this is so cool I really want to do this and it sometimes feel like feels like I put it out in, in, in the universe and uh, um, and then you know I think uh, within a few weeks I received a, an email from a company who they are based in uh, in Dublin and they wanted to hire me. I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. So when I finally uh, moved to um, to Ireland, um, Jesus, it felt like I, I was a new person because, you know, up until 20, when I, I was 24, I think, when I moved to Ireland, 24, 25. Um, so I, I had no idea who I was. And then I was there in this new country. I really had to... Um, you know, um, to reinvent myself in a sense that I was pushed out of my comfort zone. And um, I, it was scary at the beginning because it was literally, for me at least, it was like the scariest, scariest experience uh, of my life. It was a big risk that I took, even though it's not that far away. Uh, but yeah, so I, I was, just, you know, I had been living in this comfort zone and, you know, from one day to the other, I was in a new country. I needed to adjust to a new culture uh, to get to know people and I, I had to approach people to make new friends, you know. So it was an amazing learning experience in the sense that um, as an introvert, and I am an introvert, um, I had to, you know, to be a little bit more um, social and, 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 and walk up to people. So I learned so much about my ability to, let's say, um, adapt uh, to a new environments. And so that's what I call resilience, basically, because, you know, it's... You know, when you are in your comfort zone, you actually don't know what you're capable of. And once you are thrown somewhere, uh, you have no idea where you are and, and, and what to do. Then actually, you have to learn on the spot. And it's amazing, you know, the things that happen. Yeah, yeah they always call that, what, is it? what do they say? Sink or swim. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for you, then, you, 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 you went to Ireland. Yeah. And you did. You went. You were going into the unknown, in a sense. You were going into the unknown. Mm-hmm. What? You, when you stepped, I can put it. When you stepped foot in Ireland, or the, the the day when you got there. Yeah. And then for the next maybe day or so or two days, what was that like? 
to know that you're in a different place, different culture, different um, way of living, in ter- in ter- yeah. and also yeah. weather, things like the weather. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk about the weather first. It's very similar to Belgium anyway, so <laughs> no surprise there. Yeah. So. It was uh, it, it was raining. I mean, nothing surprising. It's the same in Belgium, so don't worry. Yeah. Uh, but now, when it comes to the other things, um, I'm not going to lie. I was scared. I was scared because one thing as well, um, you know, like when you are in a comfort zone, um, let's say it's much easier to to control, you know, everything, you know. And to be honest, I'm totally guilty of it, but I am a control freak. Uh, it's much better now, but <laughs> I like to control the situation. Like whatever I can control, I like to do it. Whenever I can do it, I like to do it. And you know, obviously, when you are in a new country, uh, you can't do that. There's only so much you can control. So um, I had to let go, and it was one of the scariest things of my entire life because um, you know I was literally like I had no idea what you know the next day would the next day would bring. So I was leaving like day by day and. Planning ahead was very difficult because I didn't know either if I would stay a long time because usually, like as you probably know, Dublin is where all the European headquarters of big American companies are and you, they hire a lot of international people and they go there, they stay one or two years max and then they, you know, they go back home. Uh, so for me, I didn't really know if I was going to stay or if I was going to, you know, uh, go back, you know, after six months or one year. And um, yeah, the first, let's say six months, were full of fear and um, I was I was asking myself so many questions because I actually questioned my, my choice a lot um, so yeah very scary I would say yeah, yeah. and obviously that would have brought on things like a bit of anxiety a bit of a bit of worry and things like that. absolutely like panic attacks I would wake up in the middle of the night yeah. and uh, my heart was racing and I was just like I have no idea what's going on um, and I think it was like the fear of the unknown because you know usually like in Belgium I would wake up every day and I knew exactly where I was going what I would do who I would meet but like every day in Ireland was totally different uh, at least for the first six months yeah yeah how did you how did you manage to cope with that you know the waking up and was it a case yeah. of experience you know me you kind of going along with experience and kind of trying to live each day what what was your kind of things to help you cope with the, what you were going through at yeah. the time yeah yeah um so um i would say that um so what i started doing and that's the beauty of, of dublin uh dublin is very close to to the mountains uh, you're literally half an hour away from the sea the mountains it's really really nice so I started going you know for long walks in nature um, and I, I, I actually didn't really know that we that it would be so helpful but I started going in nature and then I started kind of meditating not, not in a sense that you know I would you know stand still for a while but I was just walking and meditating and I was um, it was really really uh, uh, liberating in the sense that I felt like all my worries were just, you know, going away and disappearing. But it last; it, it would only last for a short amount of time because I was, you know, whatever I was uh, going for a walk, it was, I don't know, like an hour or two or something. Yeah. And then the worries would come back. So then after that, what I started doing, um, I started journaling a lot. 
So I would write down absolutely everything, not only the good things, because you know, usually you need to be grateful and you need to write down about what you're grateful for, etc., etc. But I also started uh, writing about what I didn't like, what I was uncomfortable with, uh, my worries and my anxiety. And, you know, because it takes a lot of mental space, you know, when it stays in your in, in your mind, in your head. Uh, but So letting it out by writing, uh, like uh, writing about it was so liberating. So it helped me a lot, uh, at least for the first, let's say, yeah, six months. But after that, obviously, there, you know, I, 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 you know, I became less worried, obviously, because I, I got used to this new life and I started enjoying it. But for about six months, it was a little bit challenging. So journaling and, and going in nature was, you know, were really, really helpful. Yeah. So, you, so you're working, and you're working at the time. Was you working at the time? And in, in, you said you were working. Did you go that you went there to work after uni? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I started working for this tech company, um, great company. Um, yeah, as um, I was doing sales and business development, so I was on the phone with clients, well, prospects, uh, the whole day. Yeah. yeah. So, so even throughout, throughout all the, the anxiety and and all the say pressures of living in a different country, you you still you were you were, you were getting by. You were working and you were you were. Like you say, meeting clients and meeting people. Um, so from from there, what was the job like for you? And was it was it was it enjoyable? Was it was it pressure? What was that like for you? Um, I mean, you know, I would say for me, at least the first year was very very stressful. Uh, first of all, because I have no idea why they hired me. I think. <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm joking, but uh, they hire international people for their language. <laughs> you know? So I was um, a business development um, manager and I was actually working on the French countries because my first language is French. Um, and uh, the thing is, uh, you know, it's an IT company. And, you know, when I, I joined this company, I had no idea what a server well i'm probably exaggerating but i had no idea what a server was it was the beginning of cloud computing and i had to talk to it decision makers the whole day and talk about very technical stuff so i had like like honestly i had 10 books next to me i was like oh my god i have no idea how this is going to go and i was actually the only girl the only woman uh you know on my team so um it was it was tough uh, i'm not gonna lie um but i think that the uh, the funny thing is that I think somehow deep down I was trying to convince myself that I could do anything. Because, like I've always been convinced, convinced that you know anything is possible in life. You know, so I was just playing this game with myself, and I was just like, okay, do you know what? This week you're going to learn about this, and then the next week you're going to learn about these types of servers and this and this and that, and um, uh, and that's how I, I, I managed to start like really enjoying the job but I'm not going to lie, it's challenging because it's also a sales organization. So, you know, you've got targets and, and, and like weekly targets or monthly targets. If you don't hit your targets, then, you, you know, you are in trouble and you could potentially get fired. It didn't happen to me, but that's, you know, something that I had to live with as well, which can be, you know, stressful as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So did you have the, you know, did you, in those months, you know, kind of going back to those months, did you have... Um, the support of your your parents. Did you were, were you were you able to ring them and talk to them about what you were going through? Uh, um, I 
had the opportunity to do it, but uh, I didn't. To be honest, I every time I had them on the phone, I was you know I was talking about everything else, but you know not not really what I was feeling, like how I, how I was feeling because. Again, I think it's something that we never really talked about when I was young. Like in my family, we don't really talk about feelings and and and, and emotions and things like that. It's kind of taboo uh, in my family. So I had not that I didn't want to. Well, maybe I wasn't comfortable, uh, you know, talking about it. But it was more like I had no idea how to, you know, where to start and how to talk about it. So that's why, yeah, exactly. That's why I decided not to because it's feel comfortable um, but at the same time um, I had friends over there and uh, you know because all my friends were also international so we were all kind of going through the same thing so it was much easier uh, to talk to them than you know to talk to my parents and probably another thing as well is that um, I wanted to prove my parents <laughs> that you know I could do it you know that I was fine I didn't need their help it was fine so that was a little bit of pride as well going on there. So that's why I didn't want to. There was almost this clash between the mind, what the mind says, you know, and then it leads to, it can lead to things like, um, like you say, more stress or, or just learning to, you know, taking longer to cope with an ideal situation because your mind's saying one thing and then you've got these other issues saying, well, I can't, I can't, maybe I do want, maybe I should be talking to them. Maybe should we talk to my parents? Yeah. But yeah, you used to speak like that. How do I approach the situation? And but then I want to, I want to prove them. I want to prove them wrong. I want to prove that I can do it. So it's always these, all these yeah. things going off in, in in our minds. Well, sometimes all at once, and that's where we can yeah a lot of stress. So for for you then, um, you've you've done the job, um, and I'm trying to get to where the, the point of where you're how you managed to get to where you are now because now you're in a in a corporate position you're in working for a business how did you manage to get from where from that position knowing maybe years ago that you wanted to help people and you probably was in a job that was helping people in a sense in a roundabout way but what where did that thing about learning about um mental health and mindfulness and and health to do with the body come from yeah um well, I would say, um, well, I don't know about you and, and your, your own story, but it usually starts with, you know, a personal story. And uh, in my case, um, I think there's a combination, like it's a combination of multiple things. So when I was young, I, I had asthma for about 12 years and um, I... Well, basically, like I went to see the doctors and so I took tablets and inhalers for about 12 years and it was getting worse and worse and worse. So I've always been somehow interested in, in, in health and uh, but it was more of a hobby. I was, like, I was reading about it, but that was it. And um, I think one turning point in my life uh, was that when I moved to Ireland, first thing, when I moved to Ireland, my, my father was like, okay, so I'm gonna, you've got enough tablets for a few months, um, but once, you know, you run out of them, let me know and I will send you another batch. And I was like, yeah, sure. But, you know, when I moved to Ireland, when I, I, I started, like, you know, this new life, um, I didn't really pay attention too much, uh, you know, I didn't pay attention to my, 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 my tablets and I realized actually 
it out, you know, after a few months that I didn't need to take them every single day. So I was taking them maybe every other day. And um, and then I completely forgot about my, my father uh, who, who had told me, like, look, you know, call me and I will send you the new batch. Um, so I started thinking, okay, so I, it feels like I'm, I no longer have asthma. I mean, I still have difficulty breathing, but it's not as bad as it used to. So let's continue and let's see what happens next. What what else can I do? So that, you know, like at this moment, at that moment, I was like, okay, so health is definitely something that is important in my life. Uh, but I think another really, really big event that happened to me um, was, um, you know, I had a a near-death experience a few years ago. Uh, it was basically a, an allergic reaction to, you know, uh, to a, a medicine that I started taking also for my asthma. So I was not taking medication every day, but every other day. But still, when I started this new medication, I had a, an allergic reaction, re- which um, basically caused my lungs to be extremely congested. And I learned later that I had a blood clot in my lungs. So I almost, you know, <laughs> I almost didn't make it. And it was a really, really traumatic event. But I would say today, when I look back, uh, when I think about it, it was probably one of the best things that happened to me. Because, uh, you know, on that day, I was like, no, that's it. That's what I'm meant to do. Uh, so I'll get there no matter what. And I just, and then I, I signed up to a nutrition course to become a nutritional therapist. Yeah. yeah. So can you, can you, can you tell the listeners, um, what was that, you know, what was that um, moment? What was that instant or, yeah, the instant like that kind of life changing moment and that near death experience? What actually happened on, on, at that moment? I was literally like suffocating I I so I started thinking about everything that I had done and I was looking for um, something meaningful that I had done in my life and I was actually about to cry because I was like I can't go now not yet because I haven't accomplished anything uh, anything any of the things that I really want to do that are meaningful to me and I was just like if I could get another chance this is what I'm going to do. And I really started talking to myself about the things that I would do. And that helped a lot for sure, because then I was not focused on me not being able to, to, to breathe properly, but more like, oh my God, what are the possibilities? What what else can I do in life, in my life? And um, yeah, that these are the things that went through my mind when I was, you know, in this difficult situation. And, um, you know, once you start thinking about this, it just, I don't know, it just hit me. It was like, wow, wow, that's it. I, I need to change, and that's what I did. Yeah. So, so the instant in the sense, you ended up in hospital. You, you, know, you yeah. You, you, you've, you had this shock to the system, and then obviously it's caused a, it's caught, it maybe even caused you to kind of look inwards and kind of almost like a wake. Not a, yeah. Some people say a wake up call, or you know, we have after after on the podcast we have this thing where there's a there's an, always a. In people's life, there may be one or two, but there's definitely this one defining moment that alters things and the path. So there may be one job and then it alters the path to, to lead them to where they are now. Um, so that was your kind of, say, light bulb moment. It was a, a moment that maybe sort of maybe you looked at yourself and thought, this this is what I need to be doing. Um, so yeah. it, was, it was a medicine that caused you to have... Yeah. 
um, allergic reaction, and then yeah, you know, you must have been yeah, obviously not breathing and things like that. So for you then, was you looking at? Are you, did you start to look at why this medicine caused that, and could there be an alternative? And you know, what what was the change in in for you in terms of looking at medicine mm-hmm. and, and and the body? Yeah. Yeah, well, really good question because um, I think my relationship with medication completely changed, that's for sure. So when I think about medication, when we take medication, it's to address, you know, uh, you know, one or two symptoms, but actually we never really look at, you know, the side effects. And sometimes there's more side effects than actually health benefits. Um, yeah, that's unfortunately very true. Have you ever run into boxes on the, med- on the medicine packet? It's yeah. It gives you this long list, and sometimes if you go online, it doesn't tell you on there, you go yeah. online, and it will say, well, <laughs> it may cause this, and it will cause this, and, and there's like maybe about 20 things yeah. that may cause Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that's literally what I call, like, it's, it's a slow death because it changes so much, you know, of the chemistry uh, in our body and we don't realize it. And, you know, of course, you're going to take an aspirin. It's not going to kill you, obviously not. But, you know, 20 years later, if you take an aspirin every single day, there's going to be some sort of consequence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started completely like changing my view on uh, medication and allopathic medicine and again like i'm not saying doctors are bad not at all but i think we heavily rely on medication while i believe there are so many other alternatives and you know like we we are surrounded by nature right and that's where all the answers are like um you know like foods like you know whole foods natural foods uh, fruits vegetables herbs uh, and that's how i started approaching health uh by using just you know whatever nature uh provides us with so whole foods and 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 also it's not only you know what we feed our body it's also what we feed our mind uh so it's a combination of both basically but yeah my view on medication completely changed that's for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah this all this thing to do with i mean i spoke to a small group there doc, you know doctor and you know was, was kind of yeah. speaking about the same thing to do with prescription drugs and and you know yeah. we're not saying you know you know i wasn't saying that like you're saying you know there's there's a there can be a benefit if to certain prescription drugs or whatever you know if, if, if absolutely if something's going to happen and, and you take this blah 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 you know yes yeah. side effects blah blah, blah. but mm-hmm. um to be taking to, for there to be so many and so many different ones um like my my you know my i just had a relative that died last week and oh i'm so sorry and he was on I'm sure last I'm sure at one point he must have been about on about it must have been about 11 or 12 I don't it might be six I can't remember but there's quite a, it was more than 10 different prescriptions yeah. different ailments that he'd had and you think well, yeah. how do you take that many in one day you know oh, that, wow you know Jesus you know you see some of them and, they, and they've got a tray and they bring the tray with them and they maybe three or four and then sometimes they might have to take it three or four times a day and you're thinking that's that's like you're taking you're taking that tab, maybe four tablets, you know, yeah. for six you know sixteen swallows of of yeah. you know. So you're looking at that, you're thinking, <laughs> wow, how did that how how how's that come about? How 
How, and yeah. what happens is, it, 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 surely one of those drugs must must cause a side effect to do this, and then you're taking mm-hmm. another drug to try and um, counter yeah. that side effect. So it's never ending. Absolutely. It's never going to cure you, yeah. for sure not. So it's just helping you to, to cope, to manage. Uh, which, again, like you said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But I think that, you know, we should also address, you know, like, I'm just going to give you an example. Like, most of my clients, when they come to see me, um, a lot of them are on medication. So they're taking medication for hypertension. They're taking uh, medication for diabetes or things like that, right? And... Um, so these medications have unfortunately, um, you know, they, they have unfortunately led to, to like side effects and, and some of them have, I don't know, like acid reflux uh, or any sort of like gastrointestinal disorders or things like that. These are the, the long-term side effects um, and I have to deal with that. So I think what is important to know, and it's nobody's fault really, like, you know, when I was young, I was taking these tablets, not really understanding what was going on and why I was taking them. I was like, oh, well, it's going to help me somehow. Uh, but I think there's a, um, a lot of work around, like, re-educating people um, and, and teaching people uh, about, you know, like, alternatives. Because when you think about it, you could take an aspirin, like, I don't know, you have a tummy ache, you could take, I don't know, an aspirin or something like that, or you could take peppermint essential oil, you know? that's 100% natural and that's helping as well you know so um, so yeah yeah you're right because I've found that you know and I'm not saying it works for everybody but you've got to say on in, on the whole it would um, you know when you've got yeah. a headache you drink you know I drink water you drink if you drink yeah. water it will help your headache it'll help to mm-hmm. it might not it might not numb the pain there and then like a you know an aspirin one or whatever but water over time will help to reduce the headache and then let it disappear so it's um it's definitely like you say learning about these oh say we say alternate alternative we say call these things alternate but they, they exist in nature you know yeah you put two plants together or you you know you um you know say something like i don't, I don't know it could come up with anything sore throats you can put you know i don't yeah. know time and and mm-hmm. ginger or whatever it is and that would help to to absolutely you know, the sore fault so sore throat so yeah that's um yeah so there's there's definitely a need for people to be yeah. educated on those things so for you you you've kind of had the the the, the problem with the the you know the, the life-changing experience the you know the near-death experience yeah. you then did you look to what? You know, how did you give up your job? What What was the change like? What did you do in that time? Oh. You know, you're an introvert. All these things. What was that like for you to not yeah. just kind of say, you know what? I've had enough of this job. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Yeah. Well, it's okay. So yeah, really good question. And there's probably going to it's probably going to be a long answer as well. But um, it was. <laughs> It was not an overnight thing, for sure not. Like um, when I so when I made that decision the next day, I um, so I went to a nutrition school in, uh, in in Dublin, and then I embarked on this really really long journey because it was about four years. And during these four years, I was like, I really enjoy it, but I was still thinking maybe I'm going to do it on the side because. The reality is that my job um, was very safe and, um, you know, the, the, 
the salary was great as well. I had this really comfortable life and I was like, you know, there's this trade-off between really following your passion and, 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 and you know, living a comfortable, a comfortable life and being able to like travel and do all the things that you like to do. So I was kind of torn, you know, between the two choices and, you know, the first, my first, let's say, um, thought about it was like okay so I'm gonna do it because I'm interested in doing it but it's gonna be like a side thing it's gonna be like a hobby or a side job uh, but then the more I learned about um, you know nutritional therapy the more I learned about the body uh, the more I learned about chronic illnesses and how to heal them etc etc um, I was like no this is really the reason why I want to wake up in the morning because I don't know like there's a webinar I want to watch or there's something new that I'm going to learn and I felt like my job which was super exciting anyways I, I didn't really feel the same way anymore yeah. and I was like okay so now it's time to do something about it so it took a few years but then one day I, w- I woke up and I was like whoa it's, it's really, really difficult. I can't do this anymore. So I went to work and I had this, uh, and I must say, honestly, I had one of the best managers uh, in my last company. Um, and she sat, we sat down and she told me, Amani, what's going on? And I was like, what, what do you mean what's going on? And she was like, because she, uh, she, 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 she followed me. She was following me on, on Instagram, uh, social media and everything because I was working on this side. So I had my workshops and my clients and everything. And she said, look, I see how passionate you are when you post your things like your nutrition things online and when you do your workshops and everything and you're doing a great job you know of course at work but at the same time I don't see that passion I don't see the same passion so what are you doing and I honestly like I broke into tears and uh, I was like okay um, I think yeah you kind of answered a lot of my questions you got me there there. uh, exactly Absolutely. So within a month, I, I I resigned, I quit, I and I started my. Uh, well, it, it's not that I started my business because that started already a few years before, but I decided to to do it full time. That's what I did. So yeah. <laughs> so that was and that was the start. And that was the start indeed. Yeah. No, it's um. Um, it was it was difficult, you know. Today I left because I had like my last company, uh, which is uh, LinkedIn, an amazing company. I, I had the best colleagues there. I had the best time ever. So it was very difficult to say goodbye. Uh, but at the same time, you know, my love and my passion for what I'm currently doing uh, was, oh my God, like it was it, it was so much. It was it was worth it. It was worth any like. Um, taking any risk it was worth uh, even even if I knew that I would not earn exactly the same uh, amount of money I was like no it's totally worth it I'm totally ready for this so it was a no-brainer at that stage yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting that about the, the, even the money side of things and you know doing your own doing the thing that you that you want to do um, you want or you enjoy and yeah and even if you're not earning nowhere near the amount of money or whatever you because Sometimes you, even if you're earning that amount of money in that job, you're yeah. still not going to be happy. Like she said, she she noticed that, you know, even yeah. more probably more than she probably even saw looked at you and and you probably didn't even realize that she was. So, it was so obvious. You know, other, other people were noticing and thinking, "Wow, this person," you know, because you can imagine just yeah. looking at your profile and going, "Oh, wow, this is," you know, yeah. and she did, and she's obviously then looking and thinking, "Well, you know, there's there's not that kind of passion." 
within this job and so obviously you you go with your where, where your passion lies and you know and your, and your processes and you've obviously yeah. wanted to work with people and learn about health so let's talk about what it is you do the you know and, and the connection to do with mind and body and, yeah. and the gut and you know yeah eating and, and things like that yeah absolutely so um so i'm a nutritional therapist and i specialize in gut health so uh basically most of my clients would have some sort of night uh, gastrointestinal disorder so which is I don't know, like IBS, SIBO, candida overgrowth, any sort of parasite. So most of the symptoms, uh, the, the main symptoms would be like bloating, cramps, headaches, um, skin issues, etc., etc. So these are the type of uh, conditions that I deal with. And uh, basically the way I work with my clients is that, so I, I like to really look for the, uh, the root cause of any symptoms. And it's kind of back to what I was saying a little bit earlier about, you know, when you, you go to the doctor's allopathic medicine, I would say, again, not everyone is like that, but you get a pill and it's just to address, uh, you know, specific symptoms. And what I like to do is actually to look for the reasons why these symptoms are there and a lot of times there's a lot of actually traumatic events that happened in the past you know like a lot of um, um, you know emotions are trapped uh, in the body and some some of them can actually cause I don't know like uh, acid reflux or IBS or things like that you know so I look at everything. So, for example, you would come to me. I would talk to you about everything that you've done since the day you were born, if you do remember, up until today, because you are the result of everything you've done, uh, you know, in your in your entire life. And then also we do talk about uh, the mental uh, the mental side of things as well, because you know you could be. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know, you failed an exam when you were 14. Uh, a lot of people would be fine with that. But maybe that's such a traumatic uh, event for you that for some reason, years later, you're going to develop, uh, I don't know, like uh, anxiety or, uh, you know, gut disorders. And we know now that there's a connection between, you know, the brain and the gut. Uh, so they do communicate with each other. There's this bi-directional communication going on. So a lot of my clients don't actually realize that their current symptoms are the result of a lot of past traumatic events. Uh, so we go through that together. So it's quite comprehensive. And then obviously we build uh, a therapeutic plan, so which involves nutrition pretty obvious and I personally am not a huge fan of supplements like chemical supplements so when I do recommend supplements they're usually like uh, you know natural supplements like herbs and and, and, and tinctures and, and, and essential oils and things like that as much as possible and then also we address the diet because it's important especially when you're dealing with gastrointestinal disorders to remove as many inflammatory foods as possible and then we do address the lifestyle as well so lifestyle will be your sleep patterns your stress levels what can we do about it um you know what you feed your mind you know some people especially these days if you're you're, you're stuck in front of the tv and you're just watching the news of course you're not going to be able to sleep properly of course you're going to be you know more anxious than, than than usual so we address all of these aspects uh because you know my approach to health is really holistic and uh, and yeah that's how i help my clients yeah Obviously, like I said, it's, a, it's it's come about now. There's a, there's there's obviously there's a growing. Well, everyone says tr- they call these things trends and things like that. But 
there's, there's, <laughs> there's knowledge around the industry that, and there's growing knowledge, um, not you know that there is a connection between the mind and 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 the gut, and in some aspects, the the, 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 the some people say the brain is actually. Yeah. Is, is actually in the gut. Yeah, you know, we, you know, we, everyone starts to think mm-hmm. it's the brain's first, but it's not. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the it's the, what you put in your body, and and like you said, the 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 like you say trauma that affects yeah. affects you from young um, can have a massive impact on what you eat, how your how your body reacts to certain foods or reacts to a certain environment, like you say, and and certain stresses, and then that leads to. Um, yeah, yeah, ill mental health and things like that. So, I mean, I I, I remember years ago. Um, it's funny because when we speak, we spoke about pharmaceuticals and drugs. Um, I, we always we've got a family. We've you know we had a family doctor in in, in the UK. Um, she you know mm-hmm. was with me she, you know, from before you know probably in the family before I was born. And mm-hmm. I remember I remember having this problem, and she she diagnosed it as um, um, irritable bowel IBS. And she, and it's funny because I wasn't expecting her to say, not that I wasn't expecting, but quite often we expect doctors to then give us tablets or, you know, like yeah. talking about drugs or, but she turned around and she said to me, oh, um, I, I'd advise you to cut out meat and dairy. And I did. And then from then, I've, you know, I have, I've, I've, I'm a vegan, so I've been vegan for years. Wow. So, and I've never mm-hmm. had, I've had a problem since with, with my stomach in a sense. That's amazing. With with the, the irritable bowel thing, it kind of just went. Um, you know, That's I amazing. Out, I cut out dairy, I cut out, you know, even then I wasn't really eating meat. I was, you know, maybe eating a, yeah. a, a bit of... Um, wow. I think that, that that's, that's great. And if I may add something, actually, I would say that, um, that that's what I mean by inflammatory foods. And I think everyone is, is different. So the way I practice nutritional like nutritional therapy is in a non-dogmatic way, as in like some people will become vegan because it just suits them. Some people will become, I don't know, a vegetarian or keto or whatever. Um, and I feel like, yeah, everyone is different. And, you know, like one diet will work for one person and not for the, the, the other one. And that's absolutely fine. So I'm really happy to hear that for you being vegan you know, helped you a lot. Um, uh, so that's great because it, it really means that there's so many different ways to heal people. It's not necessarily, you know, like a vegan diet for everyone, not yeah, at all. Exactly. It can be completely different for, exactly. yeah, exactly. exactly. So, wow, yeah, I love it. What's interesting about that is, you know, even though that like you just said, you know, it's, it's not, you know, not, I'm not advocating for people to go vegan. It's almost like, um, yes, I've become vegan, but I know now, as I'm getting older, yeah. I, I don't, I won't eat spicy food whereas before yeah. I'd probably eat the odd you know things that you know West Indian diet that might be spicy or whatever um, yeah. I can't eat spicy food and even tomatoes yeah. I've had to really you know if I'm in, you can't have, mm-hmm. I can't really have a pizza that much mm-hmm. because it's got tomatoes on it so like you said even though yeah. it might be vegan people might say oh you can have a tomato pizza well no not really because that has an effect on my body as well so it's, it's about finding what has affects what like you say what inflames you what inflames your insides what what yeah what is suited for your um body type and your um, your lifestyle in a sense absolutely and i feel like um 
So I just wanted to quickly touch on the fact that there are so many super restrictive ed- elimination diets out there. And some of my clients, when they come to see me, they're severely deprived because they, they have loads of nutrient deficiencies because they've been on these elimination diets for, I don't know, like a few years. And they're tired, they're they're depressed, they're, they're you know, they, they, they have no energy whatsoever. Um, so exactly what she said, like, it's so important. That's, that's my job. Like, I, it's, it, it takes a while to do it because it's not like, oh, here's a beautiful elimination diet. You're just going to follow the low FODMAP diet and that's it. No, I really look at, you know, the nutrition, the nutrition, the nutritional deficiencies, uh, nutrient deficiencies, sorry, uh, of my clients. And then I look at how to create the best uh, and the most nutritionally balanced diet for them, uh, which is definitely not going to be the same as for another client. So exactly like everyone is unique. We're all biochemically uh, different. So um, I, I agree with you, like inflammatory foods, generally speaking, inflammatory foods are not great. So that's one thing that everyone, sh- uh, one thing that everyone should stay away from. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, yeah everyone is different so it's so important to find the balance and to find what works for you that's you know how i help my clients as well yeah and also the difference is is like you say there's people coming from different backgrounds so people yeah you know people of different races or people who have come from different who are living in different countries so they might not have access to certain types of food Mm -hmm. in a sense um yeah so it's about finding finding their way so for you then, you, yeah. if you get people coming to you, um, you know, in terms of men and women, you know, what's the difference in, t- in terms of the way they, you know, obviously to mental health and physical health and all these sort of things. Is there massive, <laughs> is there a massive difference between the two and, and the way they, way they come to you or they don't come to you? Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you a story. This is going to be hilarious. Um, so first of all, yes definitely definitely a massive difference between men and women uh first of all i would say that whenever i so i have probably 80 percent women as like uh, women clients and then 20 percent men and when they come to me i would say that men are generally super interested curious and also extremely obedient <laughs> <laughs> They usually are like, because they're very practical and they're like, okay, so you're the expert. You tell me what I need to do and I will just follow the plan and that's it. And they they get amazing results because they never question anything (laughs) and they just follow the plan. (laughs) So that's that's one thing that I I do appreciate when it comes to like working with men. However, it's straightforward, isn't it? It's almost like straightforwardness and they come and this is what I yeah. want I want this how can this help me blah 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 let's, yes. let's get it going <laughs> it's a bit like the, when the, it's a bit like shopping I'm not saying all all, all of it is like the shopping but all men shop like this but it's more yeah. like men know what they're going to get they go out go yeah. get it and then they go home or wherever they're going and that's absolutely yeah. exactly and that that's exactly it and that's i think that's yeah that, that's the difference between men and women and i'm a woman so i'm not judging my <laughs> my fellow women but um um when i work with a woman the thing is um and i'm aware of it because you know i'm a woman myself like we are so used to talking about you know our emotions our pain what's going on and also we're reading loads of health magazines so there's always this question of Okay, so but I've read this, or I've or I've learned this, or I know this or that. So there's 
a, a lot more conversation going on let's say but i'm not in a bad way like i absolutely i'm a total geek i love talking about it but i would say that generally speaking there's going to be much more questioning when it comes to you know the, the therapeutic plan the protocol uh versus you know working with a, a man but again like i enjoy working with both i just really like working with people who are determined who are committed and they want to get to the bottom of their digestive uh issues now uh, a very very funny story actually speaking of men uh, i remember working with this client and um and she actually came to see me for her husband uh so i never ever met her husband but i did all the tests and all the therapeutic plan and everything for her for her husband and every time i was um uh you know i i had to meet the husband i was actually meeting his wife <laughs> for the follow up consultations yeah. but i don't know because he he was like yeah i want to get better but i i don't actually care right <laughs> it was funny uh but it worked so whatever <laughs> <laughs> so basically uh, so do you think that was done through as a as a kind of do you think that was done because he wanted it or she might have wanted it for him or was it just just that she he just said oh you go for me and then I'll just I'll just do whatever <laughs> probably a little bit of both but i would say that she wanted it more than he he did so right. <laughs> let's be honest yeah that's brilliant. brilliant brilliant so have you found have you found there's a difference in in terms of um in terms of nutrition to do with people of different races as well or is that something oh. that you haven't haven't um, come across yet no so, no no i have actually so um yeah sorry go on no i was going to say because sometimes we have we, sometimes we, we say oh we're we're all the same but when really we when when we all are all our skin and bone but then when like say when it comes down to diet nutrition and and upbringing yeah. and things like that it can change from obviously person to person but obviously then you look at things like um somebody who's um I want to say race and sort of what you know if it's sort of black white or whatever do you do you notice yeah. a difference in terms of eating pattern or and the gut and and you know nutrition yeah um absolutely absolutely and that's such a brilliant question because we don't really address that very much uh you know when i went to nutrition school uh we never really talked about you know variety of different diets so when we talk about like when i create a therapeutic plan the typical protocol would be like uh, a variety of different foods and the standard diet like would be like you know lots of salmon avocado lots of colorful salads and things like that but you know uh, <laughs> not everyone eats like that right and i am so i work with a lot of uh, people uh from india for example well they're uk based but originally from india and um it's not the same diet so um and then also um you know with muslims it's definitely not the same diet and um so i have to adjust um you know my therapeutic plans and it's totally feasible obviously you know it's totally feasible but i have to take that into account so there's a lot of research in terms of okay so i'm personally not really familiar with specific um i don't know like um um indian vegetables um and i have to look into that I, i i need to do my research and i'm such a perfectionist that i really like to create the best you know meal plan ever because i want people to be excited about their food because usually when they come to me they've been following in you know an elimination diet and they're not eating a lot of variety and everything and i feel like you know whatever their culture it's totally possible to have the variety that they need um 
um, you know, by, like, and, and, and at the same time, like respecting their traditions and, 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 and whatever they, they, they eat. So, yes, definitely much more challenging, I would say, but I'm getting better at it. And I think it's so important because I can't ask someone who doesn't eat avocado to start eating avocado and salmon or like, you know, <laughs> these kind of things. It doesn't make sense, you know. So, uh, yeah. It's interesting that you said that. The, the courses or the course didn't address those things and maybe that's something that needs to be be looked at by obviously people who are doing courses and, and you know yeah. things like that um, looking at di- different lifestyles different different people and, and different cultures so um, for you on a day-to-day basis I mean you 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 seem to be you seem quite happy you seem you obviously you seem to be quite happy you, you know you said you're an introvert you, you you're obviously shy and then but obviously you, you like to meet people what do you see as a future for you and for your business? Um, is it operating in London? Yeah. Is it operating in a, in a different area? What What's the business look like for you? Yeah, so um, at the moment, obviously, given the current situation, uh, I'm mostly working online. But even before um, it all started, uh, 80% of my business was online. And... Um, Given that I, I speak English and French, uh, I've got international clients everywhere in the world, and that's the beauty of you know working online. Uh, you're not limited to a specific country, so I want to keep that, uh, keep uh, my business as it is. But at the same time, I've been thinking about uh, you know opening a clinic in London, not on my own. You know, I, I would be collaborating with other experts uh, in mental health example uh, also like all sorts of healing modalities and I've been thinking about creating a clinic a wellness clinic in London um, so yeah it's not an you know it's not going to happen overnight obviously so it's going to take time but that's something that, I've, that has been you know um, on my mind for a while so that would be I guess uh, the next logical step uh, when whenever it happens but at the moment I'm still like busy expanding my business online uh, because that's you know like it, it's working really well so far yeah okay what do you what does what does amani do for herself what does she do she does all these things for the people <laughs> and what does she do for herself on a, on a daily basis weekly <laughs> basis or you know is it is it um you know she does she 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 helps the clients and then she goes home and chills out what does what do you do <laughs> such a brilliant question you caught me there damn it <laughs> um, yeah so yeah self-care is so important but I learned it the hard way because when uh, I started my business and when I actually quit my corporate job I was like that's it I'm gonna work day and night uh, to get this business off the ground you know so um and then that's what I did, and I completely forgot about myself. Um, and, you know, uh, obviously, um, it didn't work out, right? So I had to kind of take a step back and reassess, you know, what the best strategy would be. And obviously, I had to make time for self-care because it was not like a normal thing for me. Um, and um, And I've been doing that now. Like, I've been, you know, blocking time in my... In my um, agenda like every day for self-care and the thing that I enjoy the most especially now like at the moment is I wake up early in the morning around seven and I go for a really really long walk um 
really long, as in an hour, an hour and a half. It's not super long, but it's long enough. Yeah. And I listen to classical music. So uh, something that you probably didn't know, I used to play the piano. So I played the piano for about 15 years. And um, I absolutely love classical music. That's something that I really enjoy uh, listening, like, especially in the morning. So I go for a long walk and I listen to classical music. I do also enjoy, and that's the beauty of being, being a nutritionist, I love cooking, I love eating. So I do a lot of that as well. And um, journaling is something that is now part of my life. It doesn't, so I, every day I journal and it doesn't have to be, I don't know, an hour long sometimes even 30 seconds but I it's it's a habit for me and it helps me to unwind and to talk about my day and and yeah to to feel good really so these are things that are non-negotiable um, now um, you know I would for example I would not hesitate to cancel uh, a plan with a friend which would be a zoom call these days <laughs> with a friend because I need a bit of self-care I need to, to, to focus on myself um, so yeah I've learned to, to say no um, you know to, to prioritize myself so yeah so these are the things that I do so and you've, you've learned, like you say, you've learned to take care of yourself because that's what that's what it's about, really. I mean, if you if you're going to be doing these yeah. jobs where you're helping people, um, whether it's children, mm-hmm. you know, young people, old people, mixture of people, you've you've got yeah. to find a bit of time to sort of unwind and and find whatever yeah. it is that helps you to unwind, cope, or whatever with the day stresses or the days thing. Because we're all human, um, even though even if we are dealing with others. We still have to learn to deal with ourselves. So, where can you be found? Where, yeah, where can Amani be found? I don't mean where she can, you know, people knocking on your door. Where, where can you be found on social media? <laughs> well, <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so I've got a website. Sorry, hide and seek. Somewhere in London in the morning, between 7.30 and 8.30 along the Thames. And <laughs> so, no, I've got my website, which is www.amanikate.com. Yeah, so you're probably going to link it somewhere. Uh, also, I've got my um, LinkedIn page. So I used to work for LinkedIn, so I'm very active on LinkedIn. And it's just Kate. And then also, I'm very active on uh, Instagram, and my Instagram account is Amani underscore S underscore World. So Amani's World. So yes, that's where you can find me yeah, and, and stalk me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad you, you know, I'm glad to say I'm glad you've come, you, you know, you've come on the show and we've had this, we've yeah. had this talk, and you know, I hope, I hope yeah. people out there listening, and you know, if, if you hadn't come on, I'd have been gutted. Boom. boom. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. <laughs> I would have been good. To do it. Okay. <laughs> um, <but> yeah, so <laughs> I love the pun. That, that, I, yeah, my, I love puns, and that that would have, that's going to live long in the memory of, of, of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, so thank you for coming on, um, and, and speaking about you know your journey and, and um, where you've where you've got to now and and linking you know ment- the, yeah, the mental side to the physical side um, yeah it's, in, it's been enjoyable and like I say be, you, know, if you, you know if you really want to come on, come on again you know I won't say that joke again but if you want to come on again <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have you on again oh that would be brilliant thank you so much thank you and that was Ren Armrath speak to you soon <laughs>